Hi, I'm Judith Dreyer, and I want to thank you for joining me for this podcast series, The Holistic Nature of Us. My intent is to take us, you and I, into a better understanding of the concepts behind our holistic nature and how that ties directly to the holistic nature of the world around us. How can we connect the dots in practical ways that we are nature and nature is in us? I will be featuring authors and educators, practitioners and others whose passion for this earth helps us create bridges. We'll see what's trending, what's relevant to our world today, not just for land use, but to connect the dots between ourselves and nature. It's time for practical action and profound inner change so our natural world is valued once again. Today, I am so delighted to introduce you to Dr. Lisa Sklover, a licensed counselor, a yoga therapist, recording artist, composer, music therapist, and ocean activist. And it's Lisa's activism which drew me to contacting her for this podcast. So Lisa, welcome. It's my pleasure to have you as my guest today. It's my pleasure. And I'm sorry, just as we started, my dog barked, so I'm sorry about that, but that's what that was. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. It's perfectly fine. Okay. So, So Lisa, I want you to start um, with the idea of holism, how we and the earth have the same principle. You know, if any of our parts are missing, we don't work at optimal function, the same thing happens with the earth, and we're actually made up of the same elements as the earth. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, my work with ocean adv- advocacy and focusing on the ocean relates to my work as a as a therapist and a music therapist. Um, a lot of the work that I do um, uses music as well as my therapy to <clears throat> bring all the elements um, or relate the elements that are actually assigned to the body through many many different cultures of you know ether, air, fire, water, and earth is fa- is designated with certain instrumentation, certain imagery within the body, as well as as in the ocean and in all of nature. And so we are also, you know, 90% water. And so we, when I use the concept of creating what we want to, vibrating what we want to create in the world, our body is mostly water, just like we are connected to the sea and to the ocean. And that is why we have that affinity. And um, some of my work has led me to ocean advocacy because I had the idea of creating chants with whales and dolphins and using them in my music. And I worked with a gentleman by the name of Jim Nolman, um, who who basically does interspecies communication by using a, a hydrophone in the water and instrumentation. And so he introduced me to the idea of communing with um, cetaceans. And that led me to my ocean work um, by using um, with the Cetacean Society International and and really using a lot of the sounds of the beings in the ocean to to allow people to really know what it sounds like. Because when I look out the water, we just see this blue, but there's a whole symphony um, of sounds there. And so those same sounds um, are symbolically represented in our own bodies and in our own spirit. Well, that's, that's a very interesting uh, comment. I, I love the fact that you say that there's a symphony beneath the ocean. 
that we're not privy to, and most of us aren't privy to. We don't live near the ocean. We don't have an opportunity to to get into the ocean. I happen to be a certified scuba diver, so I happen to love being in the in the in the ocean waters and the deeps myself. Um, but what you're talking about is actually getting us to hear those sounds in the ocean, and then you put some of that to music. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I. I collect the sounds when I've um, done research with, uh, I once worked with a, a lone cetacean in Canada, and, um, you know, some of the sounds that I use in my music are the sound of a lobster or a shrimp or some easier sounds to, to get. Um, but um, I recently uh, did a film score about the Arctic, um, and so I... I use the sound of beluga whales, which are represented in that part of the world, as well as the song is about, you know, saving, saving the Arctic and saving, saving the polar bears there. So I, I definitely try to, um, you know, bring all of that into, into the themes that I'm selling with my music. And I also, you know, I have your regular country and pop. I'm actually doing a lot of stuff that's related to the Me Too movement, um, as well. So, you know, my, my stuff is varied, but, um, my main theme is humanity and humanity's awareness of the natural world. And the natural world. Well, we need we need more music like that. You know, music um, hits uh, not just the elements that we are, but it hits the soul of us, the spirit of us. And in my own journey, you know, uh, I think it's important that we hit the the heart sense of things. Because that moves us, don't you? Don't you feel that, or have you seen a connection with perhaps your music and turning people on to being more mindful of the ocean? Well, when you know, when I first started, um, um, I've been a counselor, psychotherapist for 25 years, and a music therapist, you know, around the same time. And you know, when I first was teaching meditation and using all of this, you know, people were not as accepting. But now that my doctoral work, I, I researched the brain and, and sound and rehabilitated people who had trouble speaking or had, from had stroke and neurological issues. But it was very much related to the music um, because more of our brain is musical. Um, we get a, a dopamine response from listening to music. And so it makes us, I mean, if you listen to certain symphonies, it makes you connect to nature. It makes you connect to those, the, the celebrating of, of self. And, um, you know, many listening to the sounds of nature through the music, as well as certain intervals that are found um, in the music that I create, you know, purposely is meant for for a specific purpose. And, um, you know, the themes and the use of being able to hear something that you never would have the chance to hear on, on the Orca Chantra CD. It's basically a whole animal orchestra you know the polar ice caps are the drum beats and melting and and there's just just my voice with with animals and 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 nature that's the one out to the arctic angels no that's um orca chantress it's a whole cd mm-hmm. um, and then ode to the arctic angels is just a, a used a part of a film score but it's a title song for a film yeah. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. What can you tell us about some of the harmful effects going on in the ocean and what you've seen as an activist? Well, um, I, I've done some research, and I, I, I support organizations like Oceana and see its Cetacean Society International, and many people are trying to stop. There was a, 
an order that allowed for seismic air blasting, air gun blasting in the water. So um, for a long time, we've had trouble with sonar. And now if seismic air blasting is also allowed, um, it will definitely affect zooplankton and all the fish that we eat on the East Coast. It's supposed to go all the way from uh, Delaware down through Florida. And it also planned could probably happen on the West Coast as well. And it's happening all over the world. But I was in shock that it was actually happening here, but maybe not anymore. And um, and so uh, it does destroy hearing. You see a lot of beached whales and dolphins with bleeding ears and and a lot of the people that that study, um, you know, animals that have beached themselves show damage to, to the ears. And it's definitely related to these these kinds of things and so uh, we're hoping that um we can we can stop that from from happening uh so that's really the essence and so i think if people have a greater relationship with the ocean and they're listening um and they know that there is the symphony down there and that um and that actually the brains of whales have spindle cells which allow them to be emotional and intuitive and just like the, what we pride ourselves on and they have four times the amount or had them for 20 million years you know longer than us so we have to celebrate um what what is has been around before longer than us perhaps that's a, that's a good point we forget that uh in as far as we know, uh, all these life forms were here before the human species really developed and took off, um, and yet we seem to have great disregard for them, at least in our society at this time in our development. I don't think some of the ancient cultures had disregard for them. You know, I have Native American ancestry when I've studied uh, Taoism through traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. Um, I was uh, so impressed with the fact that these systems are based on the elements and their deep observation of nature, and they don't take us out of nature in their equation or in their healing practices. Right. Well, that's you know. exactly what, like, on the Orca Chantra CD, it's, it's, it's chants from all those different cultures that do use the elements and celebrate. In, in, in chant is, is basically, in many ways, how the elements have been incorporated into a lot of um, celebration and, and healing of the body. And if you look at, there's a cover on the Orca Chantus, it's a, it's a shaman, female shaman giving birth to a beluga whale. And there's a, there's a image of her tongue, like as if she was chanting. So that's a petroglyph from thousands of years ago. And, and so, you know, that, that it does predate anything that we were doing. And from my research with sound and music therapy, um, you know, sound and, and was, and music was really, we had a musical speech before we had a verbal type of speech. And so that that is how language evolved. And so it is really important that we honor um, using sound and music and that we, we, we kind of mirror what is happening in the ocean. Because if you listen to humpback whales, they are chanting. And that was my original concept. And they, their chants are their song is changes every year and it has the same structure as a classical piece of music there's phrases that repeat themselves just like in a song where there's the hook or the chorus and it's pretty fascinating i i think it is fascinating um i i didn't realize that that whales and dolphins uh are doing that you know uh we 
I was on a trip years ago to the Caribbean um, off the coast of Costa Rica, and we were looking for dolphins, and we ended up not finding them and couldn't figure out why, and there was a whole pod of pseudo-orcas that were actually following us and hovering around us, um, around the boat. We must have seen 20 of them, and everybody was happy. Mm -hmm. People just started to be happy in their presence. I think there's something, I mean, because I've been around them so much, but there's something non-local. I mean, I I once was on a nightline experiment on non-locality, which is being able to send energy or or prayer at a distance, and I really, really believe that there's something in their ability that when you're around them, that that there's some kind of healing energy that you receive and, and they receive from you. I mean... It's it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, um, we've got Earth Day coming up. I know uh, there's Ocean Day. You said which is in June. Uh, what are the what are things that uh, these societies are trying to get out into into our awareness uh, through these specific events? Well, I don't know all the events. I know I know the UN does something on June 8th every year, and um, I mean I. I have a number of events that, um, you know, that I will be doing, one on June 10th at Raven's Wing Yoga, um, something to do with, it'll be related to, to Ocean Day, and on June 23rd, an, an eco-concert um, with John Marshall, who's an amazing percussionist, um, but, um, you know, that, that there's, if you look at Natural Wakings or any local magazines or any, you know, you'll see so many articles, or read the Huffington Post, you'll see endless things. Um, people don't know about International Whale Day. Um, I have a poster from the man that, that created, you know, the whole, the first person that created Save the Whales was head of the Cetacean Society International. And I have a poster that, you know, names a date in May. So it's my intention to someday maybe create some events around that. But, um, you know, I saw some of my, all, all of my, my work, at least, you know, whether it be a concert or a workshop, is related to to this and and one of the things that i also do is called see me as i am which um you know was basically aimed to teach compassion and respect for fellow humans especially men and women but also you know the animal world and and the natural world that everything really has a soul and we have to respect everything so um that's the name of my podcast um and see me as i am and i you know in in another women's group that i do and my aim is to teach young children um, the all all about the environment and about themselves and about respect for for each other through through that program. So, uh, Lisa, have do you have had you had in any experience um, actually sitting with uh, whales and dolphins yourself? I'm thinking more um, that might be either injured in some way or is it out in the open. Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. So there, there's a song called Deep, Deep Down, and there is a, a little video, um, but it's not about that, that whale, but it was, it was a whale called Mr. Q, a beluga whale, and it was lost in Canada, and he was um, way far away from where his home most likely was, the St. Lawrence River, and he was connected to this bell buoy. And so I've, I've written, a, I'm working on a novel, like, about um, 
that experience and taking it a little bit further. But, um, you know, this whale was attached to the sound because that that felt like home. And the, the belugas are considered the canaries of the sea. And so I, I felt like it felt like it was his mom. Of course, I humanized the situation. But but every day we would go out there and the, the beluga would follow us. And, and, and then, you know, once the boat was out of sight and he couldn't follow us anymore, he would just go back to the bell buoy and it just made me so sad. Um, so I've dedicated a lot of my work to the idea of lone cetaceans um, that are that are out there. There's there's one um, Hertz 52 for years. Um, Woods Hole would track this one whale that kept coming back to the same place. And there's lone cetaceans all over the world, and they become lost because of sonar and air gun blasting and all these things that we're talking about. So they lose their pod. There was one a baby found in um, uh, where was it Alaska recently, and so he had to go to uh, an aquarium because once the humans are with them, they they become attached to humans and, and are not able to be in the wild. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And aren't there more restrictions right now in terms of which whales or dolphins we can keep in captivity? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know all the details. And definitely, the Cetacean Society International's aim is that all animals remain wild. And you know, I mean, but I I did do some work at the Clearwater Aquarium when I was in Florida. And you know, there are animals like what the movie Winter's Tale is based on that can't because they don't have a tail and and so they they are rehabilitated and and certain aquariums have just rehabilitated animals which I think is great you know you you can't be a purist in this situation because you know you you have to have a place for them so whenever there was a stranding they have to have somewhere to go um, so no, it's not right to take an orca away from its mother like silicum but um, and and traumatize it, but but at the same time, is there? It, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping rehabilitating animals that that can't be in the wild. So there, it has we have to we have to have sanctuaries. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, well, I mean, I mentioned Dave Gallo in the article, a great oceanographer who shows us the bottom of the of the ocean. Sylvia Earle, who has Mission Blue, who you know creates sanctuaries so that so that so that we can't destroy it. You know, the, if you look at the coral um, situation or you look at the plastic in the ocean, it, it's just scary. And so if we could see it. So my article, I was talking about how we could see it because we now have submarines, but we don't really listen to it. So if we could listen to it as well as see it, I think we would have a greater audience of people fighting for saving it. Because you're connecting the dots then with your work that because our brain is more water and connected to sound, that the sound, whether you know we can remember it or not, hearing the sound from the ocean would probably uh, stimulate something in our brain which would help us connect the dots or create the bridge about how valuable we are together. Is well, that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're on the right track. I mean. All of our body has water, but the rhythm, um, you know, I used to talk, I'm kind of like a Jungian oriented therapist and I've done a lot of, I do a sand tray, sand play work and, um, and, and have spoken about the archetypes of sound and symbol. And so the rhythm of obviously the ocean, the waves coming in and going out mirrors our heartbeat. And so the words for la mer 
and um, for the, for the ocean in many languages is is symbolic to the mother. And we all heard that rhythm in the womb, and so that mirrors the heartbeat. But there's many things, you know, like that. And so also we are we are also just rhythm is a bilateral function, so we automatically tune into that. And when we're listening to music without words or we're listening to um, certain things that we're improvising, um, we it's more of a right hemisphere experience when, you, when your body's being entrained rather than when you're singing a song or analyzing a song. So different experiences are different. But, but the rhythm, the rhythm, tempo of rhythm, 60 to 80 beats per minute of the ocean kind of thing, that, that's kind of like the healing metaphor. Hmm. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Um, I'd love to hear more about of the sound and the music therapy that you do, uh, especially with archetypes. I'm fascinated by archetypes myself, but more importantly, because you're working um, on this level with your counseling practice, with your music experience, and then with uh, connecting the bridge or the dot with the archetypes. Could you give us another one? You said the tides is the heartbeat. Um, La Mer is the mother, which is referred to as the sea. Could you give us another another one? Well, I mean, there's endless archetypes are, you know, I mean, in terms of just sound? Yes. Uh, well, the archety- an archetype if sound would be the earth element. So, for example, in your body, the lower chakras are earth. So that's percussion. And rhythm, and that's a music con- therapy concept. You know that you would, if somebody needed to be more grounded, you would focus on percussion and rhythm okay. and down. And then the water element is uh, perhaps um, the brass instrumentation, and then uh, the the fire element is string. So there's all this concept of, you know, your heartstrings and sympathetic resonance. Um, I have an ear infection and. And I never have an ear. I've never had anything wrong with my ear. And my songwriting partner in L.A. has an ear infection. It like blasted. Ah. And so I was like, this is sympathetic resonance. Like you're, you're, I'm receiving that energy across the country. You know, I, I think that, you know, we, we, you, the vibration of a cello um, vibrates into our heartstrings. So the, the, there are certain archetypes, both positive and negative images for each element. So there's you know, the fire element of compassion and peace, but there's also, like, intense music, an intense staccato um, Japanese heartbeat drummers or, you know, something that would 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 show that fire element. And then the air element is the throat and the, and the head and everything above that, and so that would be woodwinds and the voice. So I use those symbols when I'm trying to give people metaphors or pick music for them or have them improvise music as well as this is like really rich in the yoga therapy world and in the kundalini yoga world, the use of the archetypes of the elements that are also within the body. I think that's fascinating, just really fascinating. Um, I have had experience working, not personally, but they were in my classes, music therapists, and they were always very, very careful, you know, what they chose to play for the class because they didn't want to uh, unwillingly or unwittingly create uh, an emotional um, response for somebody that could be perceived as negative. So they were very, very careful with the music that they chose you know, for those well, sessions. Music therapy, the theme is you mirror the person where they're at. 
And it's what's kind of weird is I kind of do the same thing, whether I'm working with a child with autism or somebody, you know, a patient that wants to write a song. I take as much as I can from them. And then the same thing you do with the whales. Like if they send, uh, you know, you're listening to a, a vocalization and you don't you don't put your instrument and just play jazz on top of it necessarily or whatever you might do, you might. I, I would vocalize exactly what they're presenting to mirror them to show that I hear what they're what they're bringing me. I'm not going to put my my stuff onto them. I'm not going to play some song that obviously they haven't heard. <laughs> uh huh. Inter- interesting. And it's interesting to me that you do this with whales as well as people. And you had a song on your website that was also with other animals like the wolf. I saw that one there mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and may it be beautiful. That's on the Orca uh, Chantress CD. Yep. Mm-hmm. And have you sat with wolves too? No, but that's my totem. I mean, wolves. I'm I'm a I'm a Pisces, and and the wolf, whatever it is, the wolf shows up in my Hebrew, my my Kabbalah chart, and my mystical duty. I don't know. My, my rabbi did did a chart for me, and that's my totem there. And then it's also I, I you know like imagery in childhood and. Um, it's my Native American totem too, so it's it's pretty pretty much there. <laughs> yeah. So that is your totem. When it shows up in all those different places, you can't you can't quite deny that. <laughs> I think you, I think you have a few, but you have. Yeah. Yeah, I think you do too. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about some of the programs and all that you're doing. Um, I always like to end the show with. What's coming up for you? How can people reach you? Um, if you could give us that information, that would be wonderful. All right. So it's Lisa Sclover, and um, the email is drsclover, Dr. Sclover, sklover, at gmail.com. And my website is lovelifeproductions.net. Um, I am going to start uh, a podcast that's going to be released in June called See Me As I Am. And there will be um, music on there, as well as um, interviews with environmentalists. So I want to definitely interview you and environmentalists, artists, creative artists, and healers. And people that we really should know, or are kind of quasi-famous, but maybe a lot of people don't know. And so I think it's important to, to, to interview them. And then I have um, what I, are like mini, you know, little short pods which are sprite pods um so um they're going to be just really little short insights that come from me and maybe also have meditation and music involved in them um so that's that and then see me as i am a collaboratory for women um i'm going to be holding it um one sunday a month the end of the end of the month um from four to six in the east and seven to nine in the west and people will be there live, but they're also able to call in. And so that's about just really having a, a question and answer kind of experience. People people sharing their stories and talking about respect and compassion and the environment and each other and what we can do to heal our world. So I think getting a bunch of women together and actually speaking to them maybe in different parts of the world at the same time would be would be wonderful. 
Um, and then uh, concerts, uh, eco concert June 23rd in Brantford. Um, you called me about those in, those in, that information with John Marshall, great percussionist, and other artists as well. We're going to be doing like a songwriting series, but they're definitely going to be environmentally oriented. So people that sing about the earth. Um, and then um, a drum circle, a nature drum circle, July 1st. And June 10th, um, there'll be something at Raven's Wing in Brantford. Um, that I'll be doing that will be combining um, the in- environmental work, but but definitely um, music meditation and yoga therapy. So that's all I can think of. Um, and that's course, you know, go to go to my website, um, lovelifeproductions.net, and and see. Oh, and I have yoga classes that could do. I do combine all the elements and play my music live. Um, and that's right on the beach in Brantford at the Short Beach Union Church on Pentecost. And that's, um, that is on Thursdays and Saturdays at 9.30 and Mondays at 6.30 starting in June. Oh, that's wonderful. You've got a full schedule, but it's yeah. exciting, the work that you're doing. Um, so I wish you the best of luck with launching your podcast series, and I look forward to uh, being a part of that and all your classes, and that's Brantford, Connecticut, correct? Yes. Yes. Brand, I work in. I do my counseling in Brantford and Glastonbury, and as well as all these integrative therapies. Yes. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you for joining um, all of us at Holistic Nature of, uh, of Us. I hope my listeners feel as inspired as I do by your talk and your practical advice. And I can't thank you again uh, for sharing your vast uh, knowledge of music therapy and how it affects us, how it's affecting our ocean friends, and what we can do perhaps to be more uh, mindful, sympathetic, and active in protecting our ocean environments. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Um, If you want to listen to the music, um, Spotify and Apple and CD Baby. But if you like any of the music, please do that on Spotify. Make, make a Spotify playlist if you have one and just put one of my songs on there. That's really helpful. Wonderful. Yes, we have to remind all of our listeners to make comments and click like and, uh, you know, uh, acknowledge these different sites because that's the name of the game out there. Well, I have a surprise, too, for my listeners. Uh, Lisa has um, graciously uh, allowed me to share her song that I was just so touched with when I went to her website, and it's called Ode to the Arctic Angels. So I'm going to say goodbye and enjoy your day as you listen to this beautiful music. Thank you again, Lisa. Thank you so much. Does it?
Turn
Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us at The Holistic Nature of Us. I hope you enjoyed the music as much as I did. This is Judith Dreyer, author of At the Garden's Gate, book and blog. For more information, go to my website, judithdreyer.com. You will find information about this podcast as well as the release date and the transcript. I'd like to end with a quote from Paul Hawken, environmentalist and author, who reminds us, Sustainability, ensuring the future life on Earth, is an infinite game, the endless expression on behalf of all. Enjoy your day.